That's from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah, you're right. Movies. Movies. Movies and boobies, your favorite thing. Those are my two favorite things. <laughs> movies and bo- movies and boobies at the same time is ideal. really ideal for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to edit that out. <laughs> I believe you. Oh, gosh. I'm outing you. Hi, Grandma. Hi, Grandma Helen. Hi, Mimi. I feel like they wouldn't care. Neither of them will care. No. Just being myself. What are we doing? Um... We, I think this is an intro. This is an intro. Who? 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 Micah and Stacy are coming over in a few hours. We love Micah and Stacy so much. We do. Micah and I grew up together in Little Rock. So our peculiar homeschooled upbringing is probably going to come into play. I would imagine so. He was a part of... Like his family followed that. Yeah, his family was in um, IBLP, which if you don't know what that is, that's the doctrine, I guess, that was featured in the Shiny Happy People documentary that the Duggars lived by. Yeah, and the Duggars were in Arkansas, right? Yeah, they're in Arkansas. And that documentary sheds a lot of light on the fundamentalist culture in Little Rock. They're coming over. We're super excited. They might be our favorite people in the world. They're some of the greatest people we know, personally. You have to do the our new sign-off. Oh. You remember? And here we go. Have you been on a podcast before? No. no. So this is, yeah, this is going to be fun. This is what I went through two, three weeks. That's when right. Did I record mine? Yes, it was May. Good. And now you're permanent host. Right? Now I do it all the time. <laughs> you're not. Yeah, what episode number for you? Is... Yeah, I don't know, five. Five? Yeah, we've had some yeah. some guests nice. over the past couple weeks. It has been nice. really fun. Cool. Oh, that's yeah. good. Yeah. So like it. what was anxious or nerve-wracking or whatever has now become fun. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cool dropped my walls and kind of surrendered to it mm-hmm. and now i can just enjoy yeah he's nice. really enhanced the podcast oh good. i think so because he adds a lot of humor that's oh. for sure right mm-hmm. eventually and- i'll push sarah out and then it'll just <laughs> right, be right. Podcast. we'll change the name breakfast for dinner with bo blake, oh. bo blake. <laughs> <laughs> breakfast also- for supper Oh, Whoa, that would rivalry. be good. <laughs> Maybe we'll just have a sub podcast under the breakfast for dinner umbrella, yeah. and you can have bre- wait, breakfast. Wait, did you for say breakfast, breakfast for supper? supper. Breakfast yeah. for supper or is your podcast. Could be like bacon and eggs. You can just for breakfast. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Banana pancakes. Yeah, I literally <laughs> was imagine. like roast beef. I don't know why. But yeah, I'm like that doesn't sound good. Like yeah, yeah. leftover <laughs> pizza. Yeah. Oh gosh. Well, this is actually the first time I've ever had four people. Really? Okay. We've had three, okay. but this is the first time we've done four. Cool. So okay, we'll just talk over monumental. each other, and you like can edit stuff out if I'm like, yeah, please edit yes. that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> For sure. And the whole pub, conversation your can reach out yeah. to us, right? Stop, like, say any cuss These words. These topics or are off limits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel like it's easier to just go through the whole conversation as if we're just chatting, and then at the end, if y'all are like, hey, I don't want to or that you know it's yeah, fine yeah, yeah. and right. we can just edit right. it okay. Yeah. okay you guys of course will convince us that it's a good idea I feel like oh, <laughs> no, it's that was the best part no yeah, no 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 pressure no pressure at all um obviously we grew up uh, together in a way mm-hmm. I was more close in age with your little sisters but right. we did come in contact when you were my ACT tutor that's right <laughs> is that what it's called Forever ACT ago. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I SAT and that. ACT. Yeah, you didn't. SAT. That's it. Oh. Did you do it was an I thought you had to take both. Not we if you're just to... trying to get into Texas Tech. <laughs> so. well, we didn't yeah. have to take SAT in Arkansas, I remember. Yeah, that's yeah. interesting. Oh, really? I didn't feel like the ACT was more the, the more common test yeah. Yeah. In, in most of the South. I got a 22 the first time, and then after my tutoring, I got a 27. So thank you, Micah. (laughs) Very nice. I probably could have gotten to the University of Arkansas with a 22, to be honest, but it's fine. Wasted money. Made me feel good about myself. (laughs) Yes. I mean, that that was all you. It's funny, you learn, like, the tips, like, how to take the test. It's not about, like, whether you're smart enough or whether you know the information, so. How did you get into that? I don't know. I kind of, I scored pretty well myself in high school and then I was just looking to make some money in between college and actually when we got married so that was that little stretch of time where I was living in Arkansas after moving back from 
Florida. Okay. Uh, at University of Florida, yeah, where I graduated and seemed like a nice fit. So I actually kind of self retaught myself how to take the, the test by oh, buying some nightmare. prep books. <laughs> and then I was like, yeah, I can, wow. I can show other, you know, high school kids how to do this. And one thing led to another. And uh, I actually, I, I tutored everyone mostly from my dad's office. Oh, is that where we, yeah, is yeah. that where we, yeah, that's a fish. Yeah. <laughs> so funny. Oh, feels like forever ago. Y'all were just kind of ahead of us in so many ways. Graduating college, married Stacy, and then moved to LA. And we've always looked up to y'all. I'm y'all... not sure why, but whatever. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> There's so many reasons, for real. I remember when we came to LA just to visit, we were scoping it out to see if we wanted to stay there on spring break one time, Yeah. if we wanted to live there. And we just got lunch with y'all at home restaurant in Los Feliz. I don't yeah. know if you remember uh-huh. this. Okay, I don't remember this. I just remember when y'all stayed with us for the backpacking right thing. but after we actually this was before that. my memory yeah yeah so we were staying with another friend and i remember at lunch like, where we were I? all chatting <laughs> and micah was just randomly kind of interrupted what we were talking about and was looking at stacy and said you have the most beautiful eyes i do remember that and afterwards, we were Those days are still gone. true. No, oh, wow. Okay. I'm just kidding. We were just so impacted by that. We're like, wow, oh my gosh, they are just so sweet. And we just That's have cute. always looked up to y'all. So well, thank you. It was very rude of me to interrupt the flow of conversation <laughs> just to dish out a compliment. But no, no, it was perfect. still true. <laughs> yes. So oh. then, yes, we did decide to move. And also, you guys were so nice to let us live with y'all for two weeks. And I remember calling you and saying, hey, this is crazy, but can we live with y'all until we have a place to live in L.A.? Because we knew seriously no one. We knew, like, you and two other people. And now that I'm thinking back to it, I mean, we knew of each other, but we weren't that close or anything. Like, you were so much older than me. So that was so nice of y'all to just bring us in. We really appreciated it. Yeah. I mean, you guys weren't there. You guys were hiking. And then when you did come back, y'all were like, so good. I mean, like, we're going to see five different places today. And we'd be like, where? And you're like, Sherman Oaks, Culver City. Oh, we didn't know. Malibu or whatever. We were like, good luck. We didn't <laughs> We did not understand that driving across the city and back. Yeah. Twice in a day it was not a good right. gonna, t- gonna take all day. Yeah. It was I, brutal. I remember we saw uh, an apartment in Alhambra, Alhambra, uh-huh. however you say that. Yeah. And you were like, Oh, you did, okay. <laughs> you know, you're like, I liked that apartment. It was very be. like residential and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And you know, we're like, maybe not yeah. <laughs> well, like, if you want to get like, the the full LA experience, right. yeah. I mean, you yeah. ended up in in the perfect spot I'm for wrong. y'all, and it's right. it's proven proven out, right? Yeah, love, we kind of lucked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, we moved a mile from where we were, basically. A mile from where we are now. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. which makes a giant difference in LA, honestly. <laughs> true, yeah. true. Especially in this area, yeah. it's like you could be night and day. Yeah, just that's going true. Across a different street, so. Yes, I also want to talk about homeschooling. Because yeah. Mike and I both were homeschooled. Right. Were you homeschooled K through 12? K through 12. Wow. Really? Yeah. What was it like growing up in the Duggar family? <laughs> <laughs> we what were, were, let's you? see. So yeah, I'm the oldest of seven kids. And then we have one foster brother. So I, I generally say oldest of eight. Oh, so not the Duggar. Which TLC show was y'all? So we were yeah. less than half of the Duggars, I guess, by by count, by right? A lot, yeah. Almost they, a third, right? Like Duggars 20 or reached 20 kids. Yeah, oh, they reached so insane. Yeah, I think towards the end it was like, like not safe for anyone. No offense, but like, no, not not okay. <laughs> yeah, I did. Just, um, uh, good. I do recall at one at one point, maybe in when I was eleven, twelve years old, I was a page at the Capitol in Little Rock for you know some legislative session. Forget what I did. I would bring like bills to senators or um, Congress people, uh, and I do recall meeting the dad, the Duggar dad, and I His think Jim Bob. Jim Bob. Jim Bob. Jim Bob. Gosh, how could I forget? <laughs> and <laughs> I think, and one of the kids who was, you know, my age. I don't know if that was Josh. I think it was the Josh. Yeah. Actually, I could, yeah, could have been. So because he was working, like he was kind of doing that. Yeah, he was around the Capitol yeah. at that time. So. Pretty, pretty wild. They were definitely yeah, celebrities. 
really everywhere, but I feel like in Arkansas, they oh, were yeah. revered mm-hmm. big time. Wow. We were talking about this, how it just dawned on us the other day. I don't know if you felt this, but in my circles in Little Rock, it was almost like the more kids you had, the mm. more status you had. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Fort Worth, where he's from, it was not that way. It's like the the socially mm-hmm. accepted thing to do is have two kids. Two and kids. that's the perfect thing to do. Right. But in Little Rock, we had, I was one of four, and I felt like we were not respected at all in our community because we didn't have nearly enough kids. Right. So did which you is feel, crazy. Yeah. You felt pretty normal with that many siblings in yeah. Little Rock? Yeah, I mean... It wasn't like abnormal. To, you weren't like, oh man, we have a huge family. No, I mean, we were, I would say fairly... I wouldn't say like eight kids was the average, but you know it was definitely not uncommon uh, to be a family of that size, mm-hmm. and that Especially is kind homeschool of homeschool community. Every, everybody was homeschooled. I mean, most people. There was a well, contingent yeah. at the church that we went to um, that were you know the kids in in private school, and I feel like part of part of my relative social normalcy, you know, uh, came from. Being able to socialize with kids who went to private and an even smaller number who went to public school. So that definitely helped, you know, just and socializing in a church context, being involved in youth group and whatnot. I feel like our whole crew was not too socially awkward, you know, like when you think homeschool, you think, oh, I'm going to know that they're homeschooled, like the Duggars. There were some people like the Duggars at the church we went to. I don't know. They were pretty social. They're pretty regular. I I remember I met your homeschool friends at a tailgate. It was A&M Arkansas at the Jerry World. And yeah, I thought they, I did, they were very cool. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Not not because I was in Boy Scouts and we had some homeschool kids that were in our troop and they were they stood yeah. out. They yeah. They stood out. Right. 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 Yeah. Did you go to any of those co-ops or homeschool academy? I did. So I would say, you know, maybe seventy-five to eighty percent of my education K through twelve was was at home. Truly, with like textbooks that my mom would basically map out the plan but basically hand me the book and I'd read through it I'd do the problems or whatever and then she'd give me the quizzes or tests and that was kind of you know uh, I mean one nice thing about homeschooling was I could go at my own pace so I could usually finish school by like noon you know and then go play or you know shoot hoops or whatever and yeah but then then I then we had those co-op programs which was basically like someone involved in the church who was a former teacher or was wanted to make some extra cash would teach like literature or Spanish or what were some of the other ones? I think That's it was kind geometry. of kind of more of the yeah, yeah. Just random classes based on whoever was available. So that was also a good pseudo school context, I guess, to engage with other kids and learn in a more formal setting. You know, one thing I appreciated about homeschooling was, you know, my mom was able to kind of direct me towards whatever I was interested in. So I did, uh, I I learned several different languages, including like Old Testament Hebrew, New Testament Greek. Um, I took. Were you interested in those or was she and she directed you towards them? Well, I think I, yeah, well, I did find, I don't know if it was. I don't know if a kid is like Hebrew. I don't know if it was. I don't know if it was forced on me, but I did find that I had a real interest in languages. So um, just over the years, I'd taken, you know, the Old Testament uh, classical languages and then also Latin. And then uh, over the years, I took Russian and Chinese French, Spanish. Wow. So I can't speak anything like very well. You don't <laughs> but, remember it? Yeah. But, uh, but at least, you know, had an interest in it. And so my mom was able to say, you know, just go do as yeah. much of it as you want. That's it's pretty cool. crazy how not flexible, like the right. curriculum in public schools is. Right. I don't know anything about private schools, but I'm right. sure it's similar. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy. Yeah. yeah. That is nice about homeschooling. So she also used the Bill Gothard curriculum, right? The IBLP yeah. at first. Yeah. You know, I suppose I suppose this is all a little bit in reference to kind of thoughts and feelings coming out of watching the documentary Shiny Happy People 
on Amazon. And explain what IBLP um, is. Yeah, so IBLP is the Institute of Basic Life Principles, which was um, created by a guy named Bill Gothard, who actually learned this on the documentary. He was the son of the guy who founded the Gideons or was president of the Gideons, something like that. The people who put the Bibles in the in the hotel rooms. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and uh, his... You know, from what I gather, you know, obviously growing up as a kid, you don't really know what's normal. Um, but, you know, my parents were, you know, I'd say, I think they would probably say kind of like party animals in, uh, you know, college and, you know, early years after college before they, you know, had these radical conversion experiences, got saved. Uh, and then I think really wanted to create a safe, structured environment for their kids that they didn't necessarily have growing up. So, you know, in that sense, I, I give them credit for like wanting that uh, and wanting that structure. But, you know, this IBLP program was very kind of, in my mind, or at least what I've learned, kind of a response to the, the counterculture movement and the um, just very anti-authoritarian, you know, lots of, you know, freedom in terms of sex and drugs Same. and rock and roll, you know, all of right. that. It was in opposition to that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so Bill Gothard comes in and he's offering all of these, this next new generation of young Christian parents, this framework of authority, right? And, and security and knowledge and, and safety and a place where you can teach your kids what is right and, and, and how to live, uh, and, and the authority was Christ, the husband of the family, the right. wife of the family, and then children, right? Right. So a very, like, traditional patriarchal model, you know, based on what I feel is kind of a, a an ungenerous interpretation of the Bible. And when it talks about kind of things about, like, Christ being the head of, of the, the man, the husband, and the husband being the head over the wife, and then kind of that authority ladder extending all the way down to the kids. And so basically, as long as you respected that authority structure, then God would bless you and you'd be safe and your kids would turn out okay. Uh, yeah, so that, but ultimately, I think to kind of like, hopefully relatively briefly summarize my experience itself, you know, as far as cults go, I feel like for my personal experience, I don't want to minimize some of the people who are, truly harmed, you know, the, the sexual scandal and the Duggars and all of that. Uh, but for me, it was a rather milk toast, you know, kind of rules based, like behave, you know, and I, I as a people pleaser was eager to fall into line. Um, so overall it was that kind of experience for me. I definitely, as far as the, a group of people within this IBLP who were really harmed by a lot of these teachings were, you know, my sisters and, and the women involved who were basically told you must always submit to your husband, no matter, essentially, no matter what he does, you are destined, your, your destiny is to get married and have children and to stay at home with the children. So you have no career and you must always, and it is your responsibility to protect yourself from the lustful thoughts and desires of men. Right, so and or their thoughts are your responsibility. Yeah, so like my, you be mindful of what you wear. Like there was a lot of clothing restrictions yeah. and things like that. My sister jokes that she she looked like a, a girl from Little House on the Prairie growing up. <laughs> yeah, with like that floral gingham dress and the mm -hmm. ruffled shoulder, the pilgrim collar, yeah, essentially. <laughs> right. So yeah. So in that there there was also this a lot of backwards thinking about basic science, you know, evolution. So I, I grew up well, learning. They're saying that evolution is not scientific. Hmm. Yeah. So Good I, argument. Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you get that? Which I thought yeah. it was yeah. hilarious that it was, it, that they would make so bold a claim as to right, go right. that far where they're saying yeah. science what actually your, backs up. Do you remember any part of the curriculum? Like I just, when I was homeschooled, my mom would count history lessons or science lessons as me reading Genesis. Mm. And she would just say, that is history of what happened and how the earth was formed. And that's also wow. science. Yeah. So I'm just curious, like, do you remember the, any sort of curriculum about 
evolution, or I guess they wouldn't teach evolution, but right. what was your science or history? Yeah, I, I think, I, I suppose history kind of began around, you know, the time that the slaves, the Israelite slaves left Egypt. Okay. You know, kind yeah. of kind of as far as like right. a, a definitive timeline. Everything before that's a little bit fuzzy. You know, in the Bible you've got these genealogies of people who like lived to nine hundred years old yeah, and gosh. something like that. And I was never able to like tie it back to anything. Actually at one point did try to figure it out and it no, didn't make sense. Um but yeah, I mean essentially I was taught that the earth is approximately six thousand years old, was created in in six literal 24-hour periods of time and then on the seventh day god rested so i i think i think at some point in high school i just started to like get out a little bit more into the world so that it wasn't like a huge shock when i got to college uh but that's one thing i mean we also grew up i didn't listen to rock music until i was 11 12 13 uh, and then rock was like Chris Tomlin, or like it was like Christian uh, rock. Yeah, like, Stephen Curtis Chapman. Yeah, first, hey, that first album. Switchfoot. Oh, yeah. yeah. Switchfoot yeah. yeah, blew my mind when I first I heard that. Like, that yeah. 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 it still hits. Yeah. I sometimes listen. Oh yeah, still slaps. Lion K was so edgy. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Totally. Yeah, didn't he have a song about like death or suicide or something? Well, yeah, yeah. Ooh. Ooh. yeah. But they were Christian, Sinner. so it was okay. Right. 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 As long as the artist was a Christian, yeah. then yeah. it was fine. Need to breathe. My, uh, my dad was, you know, even though he kind of participated, he was still a little bit of a rebel, like he, rebel, like he would deviate when he he'd let his wife make a decision he, he loved <laughs> he he introduced me to creed i think when i was oh, 13 no, he yes. got Boy. he got super into creed hey they're back um really back. yeah wow i still Good i mean every once America. in a while i pull up that super bowl Halftime oh, you have to. Yeah, in the Dallas Cowboys it's jersey. So good. Heaven okay. on earth is what that is. <laughs> Didn't he also have like a little TV in his closet or his um, desk yes. area, but yeah. you guys weren't allowed to watch TV? Right. So. Generally, we're not allowed to watch TV mm. except for my dad. Um, yeah, no rock music because apparently that would, would like rot your brain or, 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 or put the... I forget how they phrase it. Kind of put the devil inside you yes. or something. Yeah. It's going to get in. Terrifying. Right. Right. <laughs> um, um, did you have a spiritual gift? I know that was a thing. That oh, shiny, happy gosh. That, I, I wasn't even part of a cult, but that was such a thing. You felt like so stressed. You're like, what's my gift? Right, and right. Then, and it became people's identity. Yeah. Did you gift. ever have one? Did you land on one? I think I landed on one. And it's probably pretty true, but I, man, I, it was like so much pressure yeah what it was but you definitely get shade if you didn't have one yes this wasn't an IBLP but just in general like in the bible wasn't spiritual gifts speaking in tongues yeah that that was one one. yeah and then administration oh my gosh (laughs) only for women probably probably. I'm pretty sure it was I don't remember administration not my spiritual gift I'd be like What's on that job description? Like, yeah. Put so, that on your resume. Right. My spiritual gift is administration. Honestly, I should start looking on resumes to see if people put that kind of stuff. I just like go right for what I'm looking for, but yeah. I bet you some people do. Like at the bottom of your resume, it lists your spiritual skills. gifts. Yeah, it's like yeah. skills and abilities. Spiritual, spiritual gifts. gifts. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> in tongues. Speaking in tongues. <laughs> that reminds me of those memes. Prophecy. You guys are on social media, but there's some meme going around and, and it's, uh, a recruiter saying like do you have any special skills or talents and then uh-huh. it's someone saying yeah and it's like oh can yeah imagine? is it a girl with a cat, with a cat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. i've seen that yeah. actually yeah i love that yeah, so sure. do y'all feel like social media is gonna let satan in is that kind of yeah so that's, that's why you that's why we're not on it okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna delete it it's, it's the new corrupted. it's the new, <laughs> ro- the new rock music <laughs> no just, honestly i feel just like, like healthy human being it kind of is i don't know about satan but there's something there i think yeah, yeah um, for so sure. you probably had a similar experience with me being the oldest mm-hmm. so did you find that your younger siblings didn't have growing up as strict as you did yeah and I'm trying to trying to contextualize my experience and I mentioned earlier that like I was such a so eager to please my my parents and everyone around me that I, I for the most part, it wasn't difficult for me to do what was asked of me or to comply. 
Um, and I was still able to kind of, you know, get what I wanted, which was, you know, time to hang out with friends and play basketball and just the simple, the simple normal things, things that, a, <laughs> that a homeschooled kid <laughs> longs for. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the difference between my, you know, I would say we got out of IBLP around when I was maybe 14 or 15. Um, and I, and I wanted to ask my dad what the, I remember him telling me about some kind of experience where he was like contacted by someone in leadership in IBLP mm -hmm. and told him to like do something like shave his beard or oh. grow a beard. Well, I can't... the story I remember is that he, you guys went to a conference <clears throat> and everyone was in the conference, you know, was wearing like their traditional clothes and he was wearing shorts. And he like came mm. in and was wearing, do you remember that? He was wearing shorts. I think you're right. And everyone yeah. was like looking at him. And he's like, you know how he is. He's like, what? What's everyone looking at? Or whatever. Yeah. And then he sort of realized like, this is weird. I can't wear shorts. I think like, he might have gotten confronted by somebody. And because I remember him telling me like at a certain point, he realized like, okay, these people are nutcases. We're out of here. Wow. And good so, for him. Yeah. I mean, it just like at one point went, for him went too far i think yeah that's kind of surprising they did that to the man right because you know, obviously all the women were right probably well, getting pulled aside left and right every honestly, day honestly he's probably the only one who could do it you know like they're the only one who can be like wait a second let me say something i feel like all the women probably were like well can't really say anything right this is how yeah. it that's is. so true so yeah, they're true. kind of yeah to be submissive right yeah. like that that just wasn't an option to speak up i'm sure Mom and dad, if you want to correct the record on any of this, um, <laughs> please feel free to reach out to Sarah and Bo. You can submit. <laughs> you can email us. <laughs> um, yeah, so you mentioned that it didn't really affect you because you kind of had the people-pleasing mm -hmm. tendencies, so you were down for that rule-based model. But now that you are grown up and kind of have your, you have your own life and you have your own family... Do you have you deviated from that way? And if so, I'm um, still in the cult. Yeah, <laughs> I know you have. Um, but I guess like, what is your thought process now that you're a parent? And you're on the flip side of it, right? Yeah. What has made you adapt a different way of parenting? And you can weigh in on this too. Will you be using the IBLP wisdom curriculum? What's it called? The for Charlie um, and Elliot wisdom books no, or wisdom the, books? Um, the the School training. Oh, ATI. the Advanced Training yes. Institute. Yes. Yes. Advanced Training Institute, yes. Yeah, yeah, which in my experience was mostly like, a, for me, a, like a going to summer camp for all boys, like a little bit of Boy Scouts, a little bit of like pseudo-military, you know, like we'd march around in backpacks and camp out in the woods. I mean, one thing, this is a little, this might kind of, it's it's hard to extract kind of like the IBLP side of things with the you know, Bible church, like conservative church that I came from, kind of conservative, fundamentalist, uh, evangelical tradition, because there's just so much overlap there. Like the, it's a lot of the IBLP people were, you know, deeply engaged in our church community. And so it's like one thing kind of informed the other and vice versa. Um, I think the thing from IBLP and, and my church experience that most influenced me was the the shame around sexuality. Mm -hmm. So that's something that I carried with me, you know, when I was 11 years old, the first time I looked at porn mm -hmm. all the way through um, probably my mid 20s, you know, even well, like pretty deep into our marriage uh, where there was just, there was a, a cycle, you know, an off and on cycle of addiction and shame um, until I really started to embrace the idea that my sexual desire is good mm. and should be honored and should be expressed and I should take ownership of that. And so that brought a lot of freedom. And that's definitely something where I think sex, you know, obviously our kids are way too young to be uh, learning about all of this, but I think it's just going to be a, a much more normalized conversation, right? right? There isn't going to be all this... Um, <laughs> Like our, <laughs> this is TMI, so I'll think about whether uh, whether I want to cut this or not. But you know, just like 
having a wet dream when I was in middle school. Yeah. Just like, I thought That's I was going to hell. Yes. I thought I was going totally. to hell. Yeah. There's um, that, um, I follow like a, a few sex positive experts, I guess. And they were talking about masturbation. And like, if you find your kid masturbating, instead of saying, oh my God, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, mm-hmm. stop, uh, oh gross, you know, mm-hmm. just being like, okay acting like they're brushing their teeth or something yeah. you know hey we have to leave in five minutes carry on soldier like, no big deal <laughs> better hurry up <laughs> yeah no i know it's so fascinating because i mean we were watching the shiny happy people documentary and that's just my number one takeaway is the whole culture was so hyper focused on repressing everyone's sexual desires mm. and it just shows like how it's so important right. from a young age just to be shown it's good. This is a right. good part of us. This is great. This is right. not something to be saying no, no, no. Yeah, I feel like um, like I, I was obviously not a part of IBLP, but something different that I think we want to do is their hierarchy had children at the bottom. And because of that, I think it allowed a lot of sexual abuse to happen, but also just loss of identity. Like we talked a little bit about how like everyone in your family at one point tested as like an Enneagram nine. And it's like seven people can all in a family be Enneagram nine, like peacemakers. You know, I think there were like a couple outliers or even people who tested as nines and then were later kind of like... Wait, that's what I tested as. So I'm very interested in this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because I'm wondering if this is just from my upbringing, you know? Maybe, yeah. I think just like if you're not given a space to have an opinion, be angry. And not to say that that was your family. I'm talking more about IBLP. But if you're not given space to explore your feelings or reject something that you don't like, I think in that culture, culture, you couldn't even be like, I don't want to go to church or I don't want to play basketball or I don't want to, you know, play with Sally. She's mean. You, you know, just always had to have a positive attitude. Right. And if you're required to always say yes to things and always have a positive attitude, then how are you going to understand who you actually are versus just who everyone wants you to be? So I think for our kids, like it's very important to us to allow them to have all the feelings, even if they're not convenient for us or, you know, sometimes involve hitting or whatever. Like they can be angry. They can be sad. They can be frustrated. And those are welcome in our space. And also opinions are welcome. Like, I don't want to do that. I hear you don't want to do that. Like, maybe sometimes we still have to do it. But maybe sometimes we don't. And so, like, how can we pivot or create options or I remember pick out your clothes? Growing whatever. up, it was, you're not supposed to talk back. Yeah. Oh, for to sure. To your mom. But that's... Well, that's just having an opinion. It's exactly. Talking back. Yeah. As the Duggars, they're they're like seen as this, seen as this perfect television right. on per, perfect family on television because everyone's right. so obedient. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're saying like children are equal with you guys. Yeah. I, I mean, that's people think. Oh well, you know, we're the parents. The adult is the parents, and the kids are the kids, and they they don't know what's best. You know, yeah. and not saying that y'all aren't teaching them or anything, but just holding them from a young age as equals. Yeah. I do think is uncommon and so cool because it's just showing them respect. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like as a kid growing up, it's hard because you feel, at least I did, I didn't feel respected. Not at all. And I hated that. Yeah. You know? That's why those movies resonate where the kids are trying to get the parents to listen to them. Mm-hmm. There's a ghost in the or whatever. Totally, and yeah. And they're always, <laughs> yeah. maybe not even like fantastical things, like, but the kids that are, ne- the parents are always thinking they're lying. Right. They're never lying. Those or movies resonate are so popular. Yeah. Right. Oh, it's fine. There's nothing in here. Like, it's all in your head or yeah. whatever. And it's like, but to a kid, it's not. Right. Like, and validating those feelings will actually make that behavior likely go away faster than ignoring or dismissing it. And I think if you just put yourself in a kid's shoes, like they just, I want to be heard. So like, of course, a child wants to be heard too. Like whether it's an opinion I agree with or not, like mm-hmm. we can hear them at least yeah. versus 
dismissing them. That word respect that you said earlier, I think, is what is kind of what I was thinking as a as a parent of young kids now is trying to strike the balance between authority, which I don't think we should entirely entirely throw out the window. Sure. Yeah. Um, but how Maybe to how find car. that right? <laughs> right. Exactly. I was going to say authority comes in handy them... because it's our job to keep them safe. Right. Ice cream so we the, do the, have the, to have authority exactly. in some things. Yeah. Finding the balance Absolutely. between the authority that we need to exert just as people who um, know more about life and, and, and how to guide them and steer them and keep them safe and respect for their personhood. You know, the, the fact that they are, that we are equals in terms of our, our innate worth. Right. And the only, the thing that we are doing, the only advantage that we have is physical strength, which we don't want to use, but also just experience life experience mm -hmm. to be able to, yeah. to, to be their guides. You know, mm -hmm. so it's 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 so much less of an emphasis on authority and respect than at least the household that I grew up in, and w without without diminishing the fact, I do always kind of want to try to find the good in my experience. You know, not just not just say like, oh, I'm throwing, I'm I'm discarding all of this. I think that the Bible, my Bible church experience, and um, the IBLP experience is what a lot of people crave, which is um, certainty, mm -hmm. comfort, knowledge, you know, like, and, and the certainty of that knowledge, right? Like these are, mm -hmm. these are rock steady, unchanging truths that I can rely on. And also to a certain extent, a figurehead to which I can give my agency, you know, like we, we talk about independence and, you know, the American spirit and things like that. But a lot of these cults, <clears throat> Are, are born out of people who have are carrying wounds mm -hmm. and and have lots of uncertainty mm -hmm. and anxieties and want someone to turn over kind of in a sense their lives to so yeah. that was I think the case with Bill Gothard and I think in a much smaller sense that was kind of like that family model that Bill put out there uh, in a way in a way that made created some structure that people could say, okay, I'm, I'm okay. As long as I stay within this, mm -hmm. within the structure. That makes so much sense. I, mm, that's a way too mature of a <laughs> viewpoint of your experience. I think. Well, I'm just thinking there, a trauma response is wanting control, wanting to mm -hmm. control your environment at all right, times. Right. And so if you have kids, you can't really control them very easily unless you have something extremely rigid mm -hmm. and, uh, regimented like this curriculum was. Mm -hmm. But another part I wanted to talk about was I have an early memory of one of our first years in LA. We had just gotten married. So we got married in 2016. And then a few weeks later, we moved to LA. And Bo and I got married under the ideals that I would be submissive to him. Mm. And I remember very Massive. early How's on... How's that working out for you? Well, yeah. for the record, <laughs> yeah. we never really executed that we really did. we made all decisions together but it was like at the end of the day it's understood mm -hmm. that it's my choice mm -hmm. and i was ready for that sure like that. At, at the end of the day if he said we're moving to minnesota tomorrow i would do it because he was wow. the leader and i would do that and i yeah. was ready for that but i've always just been a, i've been a leader as well and so it just started to not work and we just started to naturally morph into an egalitarian relationship mm -hmm. but you guys I remember telling us early on that you were in an egalitarian relationship mm -hmm. so did y'all decide that right when you got married or did you change into that later on and when you did change into that did Satan get in came for me yeah that's <laughs> the umbrella from the I, IBLP if you I, the umbrella. no I think yeah I think um I think we had decided that when we got married, but I don't know if we were actually living that out. Mm. And I think because of the way that we grew up um, in the church and those belief systems, like I, I too remember feeling like, and us even having conversations about decisions where it was like, ultimately, you're the leader. Mm -hmm. You're my spiritual leader, or you being a spiritual leader means you making a decision. And I, I think I remember one specific conversation in our loft apartment where you were like, well, I get to decide at the end of the day. And I remember being like, 
yeah, but you know, whatever. And um, even though we had said like we were going to be egalitarian and I even, I remember we went to this dinner with your family and your, I was in seminary at the time and your dad was like, you know, Micah tells me you guys are choosing an egalitarian, you remember this, like uh, marriage. And when was like, this? You, Is this at, after marriage? Yeah, I think so. We're at some like restaurant, with, obviously I have a very long table for a giant family, but we're at some <laughs> long <laughs> table and they kind of pulled me aside and it was like, what does that mean to you? And kind of yes, like grilling me a little uh-huh. bit. And as he's grilling me, like I think I had the right answers, but I don't think I really knew what I was even saying. Like I, I don't think it was really like digested. Yeah. I think it sounds like our stories are somewhat similar in the sense that, you know, we came from this certain set of beliefs that were handed to us that we just assumed were were true and was how the world really worked. And then we tried it on for size and realized like even I I think I remember that conversation where Mm -hmm. I was like, you know what, at the end of the day, if we, if we, you want to go this way and I want to go this way, you're going to go with me. Right. But then like, even that felt kind of icky. Right. Um, just to, just to assert some kind of dominance because I have a penis. (laughs) We all know who's smarter. Well, that's, that's the other part of it is I think that, I think that our, our world had also changed around us to where, um, women, you know, at least I, I had kind of, despite how I grew up, like I think my college years were pretty formative to be in classrooms with women who were like very clearly smarter than me, you know, and uh, women who were clearly better than me at a lot of things. And so, and then to, to meet someone who wasn't, who I was incredibly attracted to, but who wasn't like meek and mild and like, I'm just gonna let you do whatever you want, <laughs> do whatever you want or get away with it. Obedient. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, Stacy's a strong woman. Um, I'm not saying that like my mom isn't or my sisters aren't or anyone in the previous generation wasn't. Um, but it's just that she came from a different world. She had a different mindset. She was career focused, you know. Um, you know, she had her own ambitions and goals and she was like, I want to partner with you. Like that was, we had our, our the spiritual way that we talked about it, but I think in reality, yeah. we always thought of each other as equals, you know, and we always respected each other's opinions and life goals and dreams and and wanted the best for each other mm-hmm. so i think that's it just can't a patriarchal model can't really exist in conjunction with kind of the the reasons why we were attracted to each other mm-hmm. so it just kind of na- it's kind of melted away i mm-hmm. think what at what point in your marriage would you say it melted away well, I would kind of challenge that a little bit. I don't know if it melted away. That sounds a little too easy. I do remember some specific conversations where, like, we challenged the thoughts. And you can, you know, say what you want. But, um, like, there was a conversation where I was like, oh, I think I want to go get my doctorate degree. And you were like, well, now I have to get mine. Oh, yeah. And we're like, competitive. Or something. Yeah, and I remember being like, that is disgusting. Like, why are you talking I to me like this? I absolutely get that idea, like that thinking, yeah. the idea of Sarah being doctor and yeah. me not being, yeah. Yeah. would make me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That is there. so funny. Yeah. Because I, when it's you very, said that, it's emasculating. I, I don't and, get that. Me neither. You know, I'm like, what is that? In a place like Little Rock, like, or even in a place like LA, it is emasculating. It's like, oh, she's kind of the the boss. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was that was very true. And, I and think at one like, point, fight, and yeah. then and then we had to like break that down, and you were like you know what, I don't really know why I said that. And then we had to sit and be like, yeah. okay, why did I say that? Where did that come from? So yeah. I know why you said it. <laughs> well, yeah, I know why. Because he's kin. <laughs> <laughs> Have y'all seen the bar yes, movie? It's so yeah. good. It's so amazing. Good. <laughs> um, Micah, we are Knuff. <laughs> we don't need to yeah, match. Yeah, you don't need to be the president. <laughs> yeah, yeah just waiting for it to come out on streaming, so I can just watch the uh, the dance moves at the end. Yes, and that was recreate the best that. Yeah, Simu such a great. You, Ryan Gosling, Ryan Gosling. I'm he upset. did so good. Oh gosh, okay. I wasn't supposed to bring up Barbie. Uh, no, 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 it's fine. We just have brought bar- brought up Barbie movie in every single oh. podcast. Oh really? Cut it out. It just <laughs> it happens naturally. It was her one note so for me. Good. It was like maybe we 
chill with the Barbie movie. We talk about it every episode. <laughs> it's fine. I could talk about it for three hours. I, love I know that it movie. was so good. It was so good. I... All that to say, I feel like we put in some work, and then yeah. some of it what some of it melted, some of it was work, and then some of it was being around. And allowing ourselves to be open to different people, different environments, different ways of thinking, and kind of like the perfect little potion of those things together. Right. Plus time, the greatest, you know, giver of, of time and space for that stuff. But well, I thought it was interesting that you you said that we challenged all of these ideas and structures. And I know for us, like we we were really good at always challenging stuff within the parameters of our um our worldview i guess or what do you call that our belief structure Mm. and there were certain things that were off limits for challenging and we just never did and then it was pretty much sarah one day just like did and i remember even just like speaking some of the things that she challenged it was like you can't say that you can't like challenge that that's off limits yeah, the idea that we had parameters that we had like, like what? What are some? What? What's an example? Well, the during COVID was when it really started, just everything crumbling. But do you remember? Uh, we were going to Hermosa Beach for that bioluminescence with the ocean where it turns into yeah. like neon blue. Oh, I didn't even know. Is it like periwinkles like or something, or or jellyfish? Yes, I forget what it's plankton or algae. Yeah, that because of the decrease in activity, it was able to like flourish and right. it, they just bioluminescent. It was pretty crazy during COVID. Side note, just because the beaches were closed, and so the cops were like lined up on the beach perimeter. And they were dry, yeah, yeah. They were wow. driving and then on the ground too, lined up. But there was crowds and crowds of people who were coming to see it because it's like, sorry, we're not going to miss it. And as soon as it got dark enough to where you could see a glimpse of it, you'd see just a twinkle of it. Everyone and then rushed somebody ran, the ocean. and then it just was like a flood of people huh. to go see it. They didn't and, give a shit. Uh, yeah, we were just like, and the cops just like were like, well, nothing you can do about that. Yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah, they kind of let smoke us. everyone out. Yeah, but, uh, everybody. Anyway, yeah, your <laughs> yeah, yeah. Honestly, yeah. they could have just turned their like headlights on or something, and you wouldn't be able to see anything. That's so true. That would have been like such a cruel little like, just like click click. You know. I think <laughs> like, I think so banning sad. people. I yeah. get why they ban people from the beaches, but I that seems like an overstep in power. Yeah, I think we just didn't not certainly to in retrospect. That. Yeah. I just think. Yeah. No one knew. We were all just like, should we Clorox our cabinets? Yeah, you know, we had friends like, who so uh, washed their like their right. produce with soap. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> dude, are you kidding it's not me? Funny, but it's funny now. All right, what did I say? Anyway, that was you so <laughs> horrible. On the way there, do you remember? Um, I just was challenging the submissive thing, even though we really weren't living it out. I did just say. A comment like, what the fuck? Like, I'm supposed to be submissive to you? Like, not you personally, but just, right. that makes no sense. Like, what if I married, but just like, what if I married someone who is a dictator type person, like an abusive person? I'm just yeah. supposed to be submissive? That makes no freaking sense. Yeah, I think my, okay, keep going. I don't know. And then your response was like, well, I mean, in the Bible, it says like, where the men are the leader. And I was like, okay, I remember what, what I said. Actually. Yeah, do you remember? I said my, I have to hold up my end of the bargain, which is to honor you and be a good husband. And mm-hmm. then your end of the bargain was yeah. to obey me no matter what. Ooh, I'm because by that, and that I don't language. agree with that, and I absolutely I agree, agree to be was, nice to you. Yeah. <laughs> so you better yeah, that's right. obey. You know? <laughs> but it was a more simple structure where we yeah. you talked about like if you if I wanted to move to Minnesota and you wanted to stay in California. Like, we could fight about that for an eternity, but there's a simpler way where I just get to choose. Right. That's not a better way. Right. I have an idea. How about women are the leader? <laughs> you guys can be some That'll well. be the I'm day. Just I'm just Should kidding. we bring Barbie up I was going to yeah. say, <laughs> my uh, Casa Dojo. Dojo Casa. Dojo Dojo Casa. Oh, my gosh. So funny. I will say, sorry to bring up Barbie, but I'm like, when I was watching, like, all the female... Like, it was like a very simple realization moment where I was like, yeah, what if we like 
Yeah. Like, what if every important job was largely women? I, I don't know why I've never actually thought that. Like, what if I've usually thought isolated? What if we had a female president? Right. What if, you know, we had female CEOs? But to think, what if every single lead, whatever, president, doctor, attorney, like, it's, was all yeah. women? I was like, it's so foreign. They had to create a magical land exactly a movie to explain <laughs> it's it. It's such to a us. simple concept, and you'd think I would have thought of it before. Yes, and I it didn't. blew my mind. Yeah, it blew like, my what? mind. I bawled crying afterwards. Yeah, and it was because of that. It was like I've never seen anything like that, and I didn't even realize that I was missing that. Right. Obviously, we have we do have some representation you know right. we we don't have a representation of presidents right but we do have dana walden you know all these, chairman of disney exactly like there are some ceos that are women there are some you know scientists or like whatever but overall the majority are men and seeing it flipped was so powerful and it like moved something in me it was really touching so yeah that was so cool um okay well i really want to talk about parenting for a little bit more. I want to talk about this because you guys just in general are seriously the most honest, transparent, vulnerable people I know. I'm sure you would probably say the same thing. Yeah, I do. I do. Where I feel like I ask you a question and I know I'm getting just pure honesty and it's pretty amazing. For better or for worse. (laughs) Well, it's better though because I want the truth. Like, who doesn't want just the truth? And it's it's really cool, especially knowing where you grew up in, Micah, the shiny, happy people. I mean, I don't see that lifestyle as necessarily honest. And so it's cool to see, like, how now... I would say we are neither shiny nor happy right now. <laughs> no, we're happy. Yeah, we're not shiny. Dull skin up in here, yeah. but... We're happy. We're not shiny. <laughs> <laughs> it's been really neat to talk to you guys about parenting and I feel like get a realistic idea of what it's like because we don't have kids and we're constantly talking to people who do have kids like what is it like you know should we have kids should we not have kids and you guys are probably some of the only people we've talked to that I feel like have just given us the realistic view Um, so I just wanted to ask you about that and just what your experience has been like parenting I'm like, I was just thinking, I was like, just wait till you actually have kids. They're going to be like, they lie. <laughs> <laughs> it's worse. You know, it's harder, whatever. It's harder, whatever. But... You want to go first? No, you can go. How old are they now? All right, we've no, got a three-year-old as of Saturday. Oh, actually, I was wrong. Okay. And, yeah, he just turned three. And a 15-month-old. So they're about 19, 20 months apart. Um, when the three-year-old turned one, I didn't know I was pregnant with the baby. Would you consider that like Irish twins? Is that close I enough? I think it's to... like eight, nine to 18 months or something. Yeah. Like Irish twins. We just, just missed just the window. Okay. But Are would... they a grade apart? Like when they're in grade school? Oh, gosh, that's Maybe. a good At one, like. There's something, there's some a... cutoff month. So it's either going to be one grade or two. Here's one general thought is. We waited a long time to have kids. Basically, 10 years of marriage? Nine years. Nine years. We got married pretty young. Well, we, we were 22. Guess, yeah. We were 22, and we got married. We waited a long time to have kids because we wanted to enjoy our lives. And then, I don't know, I guess we had some idea that we'd be more mature or financially stable <laughs> or whatever and be ready to raise these children in the perfect environment and be the perfect parents. And... None of that was remotely true for me personally. I was not prepared for the level of sacrifice and intentionality and mental effort and physical effort and lack of sleep and everything that's required, I think, to, well, at a bare minimum to like help them survive and then in best case scenario, help them thrive. Uh, I think so. In that sense, Stacy was much farther ahead of me. But even like all that time and age was just more of an opportunity for me to enjoy not having any real responsibility outside of a job and trying to be a good husband. Yeah. And so it was, it was definitely like a big um, reality check. 
and and the, and it's also interesting because I did feel the urge to have kids. So we had like a two-year period of infertility where we were trying to have kids, we we're trying to get pregnant, and we couldn't. And in my mind, I was like, this is all I want in the world. This is the only thing I want. And then we got it. And I was like, oh, shit. Uh, this is hard. That um, two years. so often in life, I feel like, with a dream. It's like you want it so bad. And then as soon as you get it, it's like, oh. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I wonder yeah. if a lot of it is just the expectation mm -hmm. of this is something that is going to make my life better, maybe. Or this is something I'm missing. It's something I'm lacking. It's going to fulfill me. Yeah. And now it's harder. It's a harder situation. So that's so interesting. Yeah. And it is still a net gain. You know, I don't have any regrets. I have read, I've read plenty of parenting blogs and confessionals and whatever of parents who said I had kids and I regret it. You know, I do not feel that way. Um, but I did tell Stacy, like there have been points in time where it's felt like, 52% yes, 48% no, you know, it's like just teetering on the edge of that. And, you know, that, in my mind, that ratio fluctuates based on the day, you know, those are, that's probably like the worst day. Sure. So I never right. regret it, but there are some days where it's just so hard and, and it's harder, it's made harder because, hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to shame myself, but I, it feels like I could have done better. I know I could have done better or I didn't do the best that I could, or I didn't bring, give my best to my boys. Uh, and so that kind of compounds it, you know, in addition to like the irritation and the tiredness and whatever, the shame of, of feeling like I failed them is overwhelming, you know, and then you stack that with your family issues and work issues and social life and trying to figure out you know how we exist in this world it just it has felt in this particular zero to three years of age stage just like a constant whirlwind of activity and uncertainty and incredible highs and incredible lows do y'all think y'all are more sensitive to your parenting than they are or they will be because you're saying like i failed them are they gonna say that when they're 10 are they mm. gonna be like yeah my dad really fucked up and failed me when i was two let me tell you a story he wouldn't let me pick out the pajama shorts i really wanted to yeah. <laughs> they were size 12. it's a good question yeah <laughs> what do you you know i i actually would say i i did touch on that but i think that is something i hear more frequently from you I think you feel that more intensely. I think it's something I'm very mindful of. I think a lot of people could resonate with, but it's like, can we go to our parents and be like, hey, I didn't feel like you ever respected, like we talked about earlier, like my opinion was respected. Or, hey, like every time you guys did this, it made me feel like, ashamed of like who I am or whatever it is mm -hmm. pick your poison a lot of us can't say that we can actually go to our parents and tell them how they hurt us because they won't receive it or accept it or whatever yeah. and so I am very mindful of I am making mistakes I'm trying so hard but the second my kid comes to me and is like I gotta talk to you First of all, I have to create an environment that he feels like he can come to me. Mm -hmm. Either of them can come to me. And second of all, when they do, and I know how hard I worked to counteract whatever it was, I still have to sit there and be like, tell me more. Tell, I want to hear more. How did that make you feel? What would you have liked to seen different? What can I do now? What do you think our relationship looks like going forward? And then obviously like affirm my love and whatever. So it's always on my mind, but because I want to be mindful of the thing that I crave in a way. And that's the honest, open, imperfect conversations. I feel like come. just your awareness of that to me seems like it would be creating that space. 
And I feel like because of that awareness, it will come across that way. I mean, yeah. I think even just the awareness, if you could put a metric on it, like how what percentage of parents even have that idea of wanting that for their kids? I mean, I would assume that it's far less than 1% of parents in the United States. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and I think like I need to put in there of like, it's inevitable that they're going to be upset with me for something that I did or that I'm going to be failing them in some way. And it's also inevitable that I'm going to be defensive. Like, it's okay for me to also be defensive Mm -hmm. too. And I would hope that I've created such a space that I can both be like, have that reaction and we can still exist in the same space and have an honest conversation. And then, then I can move through the like, humility and the listening and the affirmation and whatever like right but and I think that's that's like you know I'm shooting for the stars who knows my 20 year old son can probably create his own podcast later when Charlie's 20 goal. we'll do an update we'll have him on here. yeah 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 that's yeah. what I hope like How that podcast do. is BS she is a liar this is, that's such a good point though because I definitely get defensive if Bo ever brings something to me. Like that yeah. is my natural reaction. Is I get what do you defensive. Mean? Like what? I don't know. If you if you come to me with something that I said that I that you're like, hey, like I don't think you should have said that. Oh uh, yeah. I am defensive almost every time. That's pretty rare, I'd say. Yeah, it's pretty rare that you bring something to me. We're gonna have a conversation. Up yeah. <laughs> you're gonna bring this to me later. I didn't yeah. like you bringing up that I bring stuff oh up. God. So I'm yeah. bringing not to up. be too meta here, but you know, I just wanted to bring this thing up that about we talked stuff about. Up. Yeah, about bringing. When things. <laughs> Don't Wait. forget whose mojo dojo casa house you live in. Right. Uh, I'm just saying that I just love how you were like. It's okay yeah. if I'm defensive because yeah, yeah, if I true. do that with my husband now, then yeah, I might do that with my kids. Yes. But hopefully the overarching story is, oh yeah, she was a great mom or whatever. Right. But it's fine if you get defensive sometimes. Right. It's just that perfectionism yes. in parenting that's probably, we yes. put on ourselves. Well, yeah. yeah. And I think like what we do when we're like allowing all the feelings of like, you could be angry, you can be oh, you're so disappointed, you really wanted a popsicle, and we can't have popsicles, whatever it is. If I would hope that if I am creating space for all of his feelings, that he one day then can create space for mine. And not to hold mine or to be responsible for mine, but because that's obviously my job, but that we could have a mature conversation and he could hear me and not feel so threatened or so his world is crumbling because mom's like what no I did everything or whatever you know like that he'd be like yeah mom I get that I also see how you tried so hard I'm just telling you how this you know that we could have that like create the space for each other yeah one day like I'm creating it now so that hopefully we can share it you know and obviously I'll always still be the parent but that we can have good, honest conversations. Yeah, that goes back to the equals thing. Yeah, exactly. It's like, we're equals here. Yeah. We're breaking down the hierarchical structures. We are left and, and we're right. we're flattening left it out. We're, we're smashing them. <laughs> I also Thank want God. everyone to know I love my children. Parenting is hard, but I that that should yeah, be the maybe end of the other that side should of that be coin. putting a bow on it. I love my children for sure. Yes, no. We, we <laughs> and just to wrap things up, I just say children suck. No, <laughs> no they do not. I'm joking around. Well, I think I think real briefly. I just like a cup for a couple minutes. I think it was extremely helpful for you guys when you came over. This I think was when Charlie was maybe around a year old. And that we were talking about it. Or no, maybe this was more recently. And y'all were thinking about having kids and we were like trying to talk through it. It was really helpful to process it out loud and mm. just say like, hey, you know, we know people who have decided not to have kids. Mm-hmm. And that's an intentional decision. And that's a decision that, frankly, just to name it, is frowned upon in most of society. Right. But that should never be the reason why you make any decision. Yeah. It's like so what true. society thinks It's the about hardest it. thing ever. Like, if you have some feelings like it's not a fit, like, lean into that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Don't, don't be like, well, everyone tells me to do it because, whew, it's a big I, responsibility. Yeah, I'm over here saying I really wanted kids before we could get pregnant. Then we got pregnant, we had kids, and I'm like, oh, shit. But I still do, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know that 
that there will come a time, particularly when they can play with Legos, where I'm going to be like, <laughs> where I'm going to wake up every morning so stoked to play with Legos, like all day as long as we all can. About you, huh? What well, about when they start playing basketball? Yeah, or any sports, you know, get into coaching, you know, taking them to tournaments, whatever, like that. There, there's like, I, I can also acknowledge this is a particular phase of life that yeah. is harder for me because I don't have kind of the same natural bond that Stacy does with the boys. And I can, I've just accepted that. I spent a lot of time early on saying, why can't I, why don't I feel the same way as Stacy yeah, does? Yeah, about you the boys. had some like postpartum depression yeah. of your own. Mm-hmm. And that, and I think that came from like I just had this like craving for them, where like I just was like I can't live without these yeah. little things, and you were like I don't get it. But so fair, yeah. yeah. Talking through it with y'all was really helpful, you know, in the same way that I think I hope it was helpful for you to think about it on your journey, but also for me to just like understand like where am i in this whole matrix this analytical matrix of what do i feel like as a parent now i got what i wanted and am i am i happy and yeah i am but it's also way harder than i could have anticipated and i was way less prepared than i thought and way less mature than i thought yeah and yeah uh sometimes i just needed to you know sometimes you just need a space to like vent to let it out to complain and uh, and then to say like, all right, I'm gonna get up and try again tomorrow. For so sure. I appreciate you giving us that space as well. Mm-hmm. Of course, yeah. The phase that you're describing is like three to six years, right? Yeah. When they're or zero to three, and then three to six when you still have a three year old. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a long time. It's like both a long <laughs> time short. and so freaking short. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like okay, six years, but then I would hope I get to be alive. <laughs> when they're like 50, 60, it's like the majority of my life with this person, they will not meet. That is, I never and thought of that like, perspective. That's actually gonna like, yeah. it's a really, wow. I mean, I struggle with that, I think more, more so because I'm in this stage where I'm like, oh, what's wrong, baby? <laughs> you know, just like really tending yeah, to the yeah. needs of sorts and feeling so like intentional of cultivating the relationship and blah, blah, blah. And it's actually going to be quite short and I'm going to like pine for these days despite wanting to pull my hair out and like inside raging at times. So it's a, it's like parenthood, motherhood is a freaking, I don't know, tornado, wild dichotomy of so many feelings. So yeah, we'll have to talk at some point about the number it does on your marriage. Okay. Oh, okay. That's another yeah. podcast. Yeah. I, I think we right. definitely need a round two with y'all. Might need a round <laughs> two. If you're up for it. We, uh, we, we went out to get a drink before we saw Barbie. We got into a fight at the bar. I threatened to go see Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate threat. She said, because... don't do that. That's so, that's so juvenile. And I said, okay, I like calm down. I was like, okay, fine. We'll go see Barbie. see Barbie. We had a great time at, we had a great time at Barbie. And then, um, yesterday, I, I like popped into her room where she was working and I was like, do you want to go to Oppenheimer? And she was like, sure. And I was like, you want to go to a bar and get in a fight beforehand? <laughs> she was like, yeah, let's do it. Beautiful. Definitely. I was like, that will 100% likely happen at yeah. this stage. Oh, I love that. Thank y'all so much for coming on. Seriously. Yeah. Thank you. We love you We love you guys. We love you. We're honored to be invited on <laughs> yeah, the podcast. Yeah, wow. Our, our first podcast that either of us have our ever Our first been on. podcast. We're not even on social media. We're... I listen to a lot of podcasts, though. Yeah, including that's not Sarah. Those. Are anyway, you we're to this one. Are you listening to yours? I don't yeah. like the sound Ooh, of my own voice. Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. So nope. You're not going to. I actually will listen to it to see what you kept in and what you left out. I'm going to give <laughs> you a full brutal. editorial uh, license. Just out of pure curiosity, y'all listen. Well, I love you guys so much. We love you guys. Yeah. Thank y'all again for having us. Of course. <laughs> <laughs>